Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Five. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. April 24th. It is 2023 still. This is Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. And Justin Kalen to start your new week, Monday morning edition of Roll Call. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Enjoyed thunder, a little cool down in the weather. But we're back at it. We're back at it. A lot to get to on today's show. Nick Roush, how was your weekend? It went uh, went pretty well. Went pretty well. We uh, had ourselves, uh, it, man, just doing uh, thunder over oval activities with kids. You just, it's out of the routine, so you never know what you're going to get. And, uh, and and that was just us going over to a friend's house and hanging out in the backyard and stuff for a few hours during the air show. And uh it started disastrously. He woke up from a nap and was just too many dogs, too much action, too quick. But we got some watermelon in us. Um, we got some ginger ale, and then we were ready to roll. He uh, he hit a ball over the fence, and like you know, 15, 20 people started cheering for him. And then he was he was hook, line, and sinker. So uh, we had a great time. The air shows, the air shows, just in thunder in general. They're just things that I I'm, I'm falling back in love with. Right, like as, as a kid, you you just do it every year and it's cool, but it eventually the, the kind of the bit wears off a little bit. Um, but now the, especially the, the fighter pilots, like when you hear them after they go by, it's just, it's so cool. Like it, it, it's just cool. They're up just going straight up in the air and doing backflips. I don't know how they do that. It is. It's crazy. It's crazy. So I, I enjoyed it. Uh, had myself a, a nice, nice little Saturday. Scoots and I got to see the air show fighter pilots up close and personal. Very cool and very exciting. We had uh, a little KRC lunch on Friday. Of course, unsurprisingly, Roush too busy, too cool to to meet up, link up with us. But we get Friday. They always practice. It's a little Louisville, Southern Indiana secret of the pros. Although now pretty much everybody knows about it. But Friday they do the practice for the air mm-hmm. show and. Anybody that works downtown on that Friday knows all about it, but they they just basically do a lot of their same routines they do Saturday. They just do it Friday where it's not impossible to get downtown and you don't have people sitting on top of you and all that stuff. So we went to a local establishment, 
on the river and watch the air show, which was a, a nice time to get our weekend off on the right foot on Friday. So that was fun. I agree with you. I think the air show is cool. And as taxpayers, I, we, we should get to check out the equipment that we're paying for <laughs> right. every, every so often. But no, it, it, it kind of does show you the, the force and the power of some of those planes. And then the fireworks show I watched on TV on Saturday. Fireworks on TV. Eh. Yeah. But it's kind of yeah. cool that like way, way off in the distance, you could kind of you could hear them. And especially yeah. especially the grand finale, because it sounded really, really yeah. loud. And TV was a little bit slow, so I was like, oh, I think something's coming. And then they had the grand finale there shortly after. But a good weekend for for, for us at the Walker household. Sounds like the Roushes did as well. So now, hopefully, we make it a clean sweep. You Oop. never know with Scoots. Will Scoots it be three for three? It was a clean sweep, boys. It was a great weekend. Wow. Did, did a whole bunch of nothing on Friday and Saturday, which was great. Ended up working yesterday, but it worked out. I got to come home, cut some grass, and then check out some sports. So yeah, I'm uh I'm pretty happy with how this weekend went. I got a lot of sleep all the nights. So I'm yeah, I'm good to go. It's another week. Nice. I got to take take the baby out on the golf course for the second time in in her 18 months of, of life. That always just feels like a cheat code stealing if you will just the wife and i went out there on saturday and you have to be a little strategic with it because like if the weather is just absolutely perfect perfect the course is going to be crowded it's probably not the right time to take your kid out but with saturday i think the temperature is kind of scaring people a little bit our local course and again i'm not going to use my big exports radio golf card with the kid because you don't know if you're going to be able to get four holes in five holes in any holes in so I'm, I'm saving that, that that bad boy under $25 around. I'm going to tell you about it here in a moment. I'm saving that one for when I can just get out there and really hack away. But that was great on Saturday, and it ended up being really, really nice. We kind of overdressed and overprepared, but once the sun was out on Saturday, made for really nice weather. And then after that, hung out on the deck. Uh, buddy with some kids came over, so all the kids got to wear themselves out on Saturday as well. So yeah, great weekend all around. Scooch, sounds like it was for you as well. I just can't wait for you to get back out on the course. Enough is enough, buddy. I agree. I I watched a little bit of golf this weekend too. I uh yeah, I miss it. Man, I miss it. I'm gonna two weeks, I think I'm good. So we'll see. No, it was two weeks last week. Well maybe one week. I think you yeah. just need to, I think you just need to do it. Well, you're, you're good. You're good. You're done. You feel fine. So I think I keep telling myself two weeks because I have s- some super busy weekends coming up here the next couple of weeks. So if I just tell myself that I won't get to golf for two weeks, I won't feel the need to try to squeeze in around in those two weeks. Maybe that has something to do days, with it. F- 15 days to lower the sciatica. 15. Then you're going to use your big Exports Radio golf card. You're going to go to Park Mammoth, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, Wooded View, Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana, under $25 a round. Big Exports Radio golf cards are flying hot off the press. Uh, get them today before they run out. Go to BigExportsRadio.com or 812-725-1457, 812-725-1457 to get yours some of the nicest courses in the area. TJ, I got to ask you um... – can you recall a thunder where they counted down and then it just didn't start? Because I think I think that was a first. 
That was creepy. Def- to, to, to that degree, I've never seen that before. There have been some countdowns where it's been, like, delayed, which you would automatically assume that it probably always would be. But we're talking, like, I think at most the one that I recall was, like, 20 seconds or 15. Like, probably not even 20 seconds. Really, probably, like, 10 seconds. And you're like, oh, well, there's a delay between the button and the people counting it down. And then the fireworks show would start. This time they actually had to be like, okay, so something's not right. Uh, which yeah. I'd, never, I'd never seen that before. Did make for a funny moment, though. I think the Thundernator needs to be fired. He has one job, and even though he looks cool, he's got to go. Did you see, go. too, that they have, like, two keys to twist for it to go off? And one dude just went, he just went for it, and the other guy was standing around. It's like, you have one job. Turn the damn key when they say three, two, one, zero. And, yeah. and so I, I think it was the key turner's fault. Um, I, you know what, too? Uh, maybe, maybe they're playing chess, not checkers, and they're keeping us on our toes. Right, like this is up. Oh, is it going to work? Is it not? Like that. That that's a way to keep people coming back for more. Well, it, it was all the rave yesterday that Morgan Wallen just moments before his concert in Oxford, Mississippi, was about to go off, canceled. Said he had he all of a sudden had lost his voice, and oh. there would be no concert. I like that idea for Thunder over Louisville. Like you go down there, you get the air show, you're going to have a nice big day. You may or may not get the fireworks. Were you on your best behavior crowd? Did you pick up your trash and your litter on the great lawn? If so, you may get some fireworks. If not, maybe technical difficulties this year. I, I'm not sure. I think you may be onto something there, Roush. Uh, I still am a big fan of trying to find a way to get a ginormous curtain or mirror that we can put on the banks of southern Indiana. That way they don't get to see it. Because as far as I know, I don't know if they're really contributing financially. It's not Thunder over Indiana. It's Thunder it's over not. Louisville. Exactly. So I, I still have the big curtain idea. You need some big helicopters to be able to execute that. I don't think it's totally impossible, though. Uh, yeah, those are just a few ideas. But holy smokes, the social media websites, Roush, they were furious with old Morgan Wallen. Could you imagine oh. like going to a concert, spending all that money, and then like literally right before he's about to perform, they put up on the, the Jumbotron, sorry, tonight's ca- concert has been canceled. Morgan has lost his voice. You'll get a full refund from your point of purchase. And the thing is, too, is they've – it's one thing if you get, like, the week of, you find out they're sick and they got to cancel. I know that, that that's not so infrequent. Actually going through the pain in the ass of getting all the way there and then you're just – you're waiting for any moment him to come out on stage and then you get that announcement, that would be awful. That's that's the people showing up at the SEC tournament uh, in 2020 and just being like, sorry, canceled. Oh, it'd be just it'd be it'd be horrible. Of course, now there's all these rumors about Morgan Wallen, whether or not he actually lost his voice or something else caused him to to have to cancel right before. But knowing those price, those ticket prices at the KFC Yum Center, and I don't know if a concert in Oxford it was outdoors. I think it was at their football stadium. I don't know if that would be more expensive or less expensive than the Yum Center. Probably less, just because I think there'd be more ticket inventory. But there ain't a lot of people that live in Oxford, Mississippi. Which mean, unless you're a student, which means a lot of people yeah. that weren't students going to that concert probably came from Memphis, maybe came from parts of Louisiana, other parts of Mississippi. Who knows? Who knows how far people traveled to get to go to that concert? I don't think the refund, and also, who? What happens? Who gets the money if you like buy on StubHub or SeatGeek or something? Hey, the ticket price, the the general admission standard price 
was $250, but you bought it for 400 off the secondary website. Who are you? I don't know. How, yeah. how does that work, know. Roush? Yeah. Explain that to me like I'm five. Uh, I, well, um, I need somebody to explain it to me like I'm four. Scoots? It, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I was hoping you all could explain it to me like I was three. Okay. Uh, goo goo and a gaga. I, I don't know. I, I would think that you would get something back, but I imagine some people are out of money. You ain't probably getting your hotel reservations back if you bought that. If you traveled, if you're in the car, you're not getting that back if you did all that. And so just a, a disaster there. But not for us, because that's in a whole different city and a whole different state. Things went pretty well here for the most part. The Batcats were in action. The game on Friday, which I'm not 100% sure why they had to cancel that game. The first they moved the time up, and then they just like very quickly decided it wasn't going to happen. So they make it for a doubleheader on Saturday. Didn't go the Batcats way, unfortunately, in either game. Totally and completely blew game two. Uh, had a lead in the ninth inning. Gave up the lead in the ninth inning. Was unable to regain the lead in the ninth inning. So they dropped that one. And then bounced back yesterday and got a comfortable win to avoid getting swept. But Roush, that was a series they really needed to win at home. A&M has been one of the hottest teams in the country. It's an SEC baseball team. There's really no shame necessarily in the individual losses. But when you look at the schedule, as we've talked about, this was an opportunity for UK. And they, they came up a little bit short, partially because on Saturday they decided to bunt every other at-bat. Yeah, um... I saw some of the, it was like two outs, or no, one out, two on, top of the order, let's bunt. It's like, okay, I get, it's worked some of the time, but just swing away. Um, I, I'm I'm starting to get a little worried that they are who we thought they were. Um, because you open up with three straight series wins, you have three straight series losses, two of which are double headers against teams that you probably could beat. Definitely A&M, right? I mean, you're, you're – and it's a home game uh, where the other two were on the road. So, um, I'm, I'm getting a little worried. L- luckily, the analytics are so kind to UK that if they can find a way to win at least one more of these SEC series, maybe two, that there's still a chance they could host. But I think that that is uh, slipping away because the, the, the Cats have gone cold offensively when they need it most. Yeah, they'll probably drop a few spots in the polls. They'll still be in a spot where I think they'd be hosting if things started today. But it's big week for the Batcats. They'll get their first and potentially only game against UofL. Of course, the one in Louisville two weeks ago canceled due to the tragedy downtown there. But they will they will play tomorrow and still potentially trying to make up a, a date for that other game in Louisville. We'll see if that happens. But it starts a big week for the Batcats tomorrow. They host Louisville. Then they're on the road at Vandy in Nashville. Again, another top 10 team, one of the best teams in the country. So that will be a tough series for UK. And you're, you're, you're staring down a week where 0-4, not impossible, certainly not what we're hoping for and don't expect it, but not impossible. 1-3, and 2-2, two and two, we'll see. I, you know, I think anything 500 and above would be a huge week for UK baseball. Uh, anything below and again you're just you're treading more water and and potentially getting swept out to to see the sec baseball it's it's tough you gotta you can't make a ton of mistakes and uk baseball for now consecutive series is doing that they're walking way too many people they hit batters as well and then 
I get it. It's the style that he wants to play. He wants to be aggressive. For the most part, Nick Mangione's style this season has been beneficial. But the bunting is just Texas A&M was ready for every one of them. They did it again in the ninth inning in game two, so you just kind of wasted it out there. And then just the amount of times that you'd have a lot of momentum offensively, and I, I get it, you're trying to do it somewhat as not just a sacrifice, but, hey, we're, we're bunting to get on base here and keep this momentum moving. But A&M was ready for it each and every time on Saturday, and uh, it was bad. It was, it was some bad baseball there. I think the coach cost UK at least game two on Saturday, uh, no doubt about that. And then game one wasn't uh, too much of a different story, really. Except AM maybe deserved that one a little bit more. AM all weekend just took advantage of their opportunities more than UK did. UK get the bases loaded and get like one run. And then AM would have two people on. They'd hit a home run for three runs. So they took advantage of their opportunities a little bit more. And bet UK's kicking themselves a little bit, one in that game, two back. But they take one of three. You can manage there. Can you steal one somewhere else on the road? That would be big, but missed opportunity for the Batcats. Still in an okay spot on the big season outlook, but things are only going to get tougher. Uh, it's a real shame. I, it's a real shame. I, I had the games on on Saturday and watched uh, – like, I'll, I'm, I'm in. There's nothing really – like, I'll, I'll watch the NFL, the NBA playoffs, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, probably a little bit here on today's show. But I'm I'm all in on the Batcats. They've, they've got me hooked in. Of course, seems like when I watch a lot, they end up losing. But we had the TV out on the deck on Saturday, had the Batcats on. It was uh, it was fun. Even eventually got around to playing the little baseball gambling game, which is always a good time with friends. Mm, nice. a, a single is a dollar, a double, two dollars, triple three, home run four. So there was a big blue bomb. It was uh, $4 to my buddy. Not to me, unfortunately. But that's always a good time, and as the weather gets nicer and nicer, more patio backcat watching, Roush, is, is, is what I would prefer. Uh, want them to keep being good, though. Keep moving in the right direction. Seems like now they've lost three straight SEC series. Granted, not swept in any of those, but maybe moving in the wrong direction now. Yeah, not great, Bob. Not ideal. Not ideal. Um, we'll say, though, I, I was pleasantly, like, just shout out to a little bit of cooler weather. You know, that was, uh, that was welcome after 85 degrees on a couple of days. Let's cool it down. Uh, and have a nice, uh, mild and mellow uh, derby season. I would take Saturday's weather, stamp, take it any any day. That was that was TJ's type of weather. Like in the sun, felt real nice. Yeah, maybe a little cool in the shadows, but nothing you couldn't, nothing that a nice hoodie couldn't fix. Could do it with a little less wind, though. Yeah, I feel like I, agree. I, I, feel I, like I get a little uh, chapped lips every time. Uh, every every time that 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 wind comes a howling. Yeah, we made a fire, and sometimes with the, the wind, it's not great. Did you all see, and Scooch, I'm, I'm talking about the actual, I'm not talking about the, the, the some, this name has been used for other, other things, but did you all see the Northern Lights last night? No. Could we see them? Did it get this far south? So I saw a tweet on my For You page, and it was hilarious because it was some weather woman whining about not having a blue check mark, which probably one of my favorite things on social media the mm. last several days have seen. Very have, fun. Have been the people. Lachlan McLean just put an M next to his name because he wants people to know that he's media. People are losing their minds over oh. meaningless little symbols next to their name on Twitter. The self-importance has really 
taken people down a, a ring or two, unfortunately. But I saw some tweet and it was like, whining, I don't care about not having a blue check mark, but let me cry about not having a blue check mark for six straight tweets. And then the point of the tweets were like, there's misinformation out there. I've seen a ton of it just today because people in Kentucky are gullible and naive enough to think that you're going to be able to see the Northern Lights. And the fact that I don't have a blue check mark, people aren't going to know that that's not real. Oh, it was real. There were Northern Lights in Kentucky yesterday, folks. Wait, you saw them? I so like no scoots I don't think that I did but a couple of different things so like the northern lights in Kentucky I may have like saw part of, of it because I thought the sky looked kind of weird last night that being said I don't think I don't know if there's ever any reports in Louisville of people being able to see them it was mostly northern Kentucky people that live on the edge of Ohio or West Virginia it seemed like that was where you'd see it so to answer your question, no scoots. But do you all remember, like, uh, two months ago when I was like, man, the sky was a really weird color last night. Anybody know what was going on with the sky? I wonder if that was the Northern Lights. Because seeing these pictures of the Kentuckians that did see the Northern Lights, it looked a hell of a lot like that to some degree. But anyways, yes, you could see them in Kentucky last night. I think that is just borderline unbelievable. I remember when I went to Green Bay for my Packers game, there was, like, a little part of me. I really want to see the Northern Lights. And I'm sure it's just something like you see him, you do the old Clark Griswold to hop and say, okay, well, that's it. Uh, so I know that it's probably like after you see him, you've seen him. But I do want to see him. When I went to Green Bay, I was like, sometimes they can get to Green Bay. It's very, very rare. But maybe when I went to Maine, I was like, all right, I'm far enough north. Maybe I can see him. No luck on either of that. Sure enough, I just needed to go to the border of Kentucky and West Virginia to get to see the Northern Lights. But that was pretty cool. If anybody saw it last night, send them on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. I, I was debating. As it is. Oh, go Scoots. I was debating staying up for it, but it was like 10, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. was the best viewing time. And I, the last report I saw as I was going to bed, that it was anywhere north of the Ohio River. So I, was, I thought we had a really good shot to see him last night. I just wasn't trying to lose sleep. Well, I didn't even know that that was a thing, that it was like even a possibility of happening. Uh, and I'm seeing somebody else say that they, they're sending a picture from southeastern Kentucky. So maybe it wasn't just the, the, that part. Well, so but basically anyways. when this geomagnetic storm hit, which causes the northern lights, they thought it was going to be like a level two. But it turns out it was like a level four. So that's why it's dropping down this low, which is really cool. I, I do kind of – part of me does wish I stayed up last night just to see it because it is one of those things, TJ, like you talk about. It's like everybody should and want to see it throughout their life. But And that was a good opportunity last night, but just didn't happen. The, the only thing more entertaining than media whining about blue check marks, people complaining about Morgan Wall and very funny, TJ. Thanks for tipping me off. That was a good – that was a good scroll on the the little trending topics this morning. Did you all about see the, that he fell? At Louisville, he fell, yeah. which actually looked like kind of a gnarly foul. Uh -huh. I handled it pretty well. But, like, I bet he had a pretty bruised forearm, I would guess, because that took the brunt of his of his fall there. I did see that, yes. Uh, I just love all of the – mostly other people laughing at the other one's expense because uh, they got to charge Oxford Airbnb prices. So that's where a lot of the – the money um, that you're just losing is coming mm -hmm. out of. It's like, oh, we got to, we're, we're staying a night in Oxford and uh, they're charging an arm and a leg. So, very, very amusing. <sighs> what do you, so, let, 
if you go to Oxford, like I'm sure there was probably a party last night, even all the same. But Correct. like Oxford without music, and, yeah. And you don't have anything special going on at Oxford. There's no sporting events. There was no concert. But, like that's the equivalent of, I would think like Bardstown, Kentucky probably has more stuff to do. I would almost guarantee it. See, you would know better than me because I haven't actually been to Oxford. Yeah, it's, but, it's. I mean, there's nothing. I, I think Bardstown may be too generous of of like a a little community with stuff going on. Uh, so I just, gosh, that would be that'd be horrible. That'd be horrible. But then again, maybe don't spend you know a thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks to go see a concert. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Save we did have a lot of your favorite sports team lose a game. Trust me, <laughs> much better money well spent. We did have a ton of sports news, like as soon as the show ended on Friday. So KRC curse always happens. Classic KRC curse, but we've got players going, we've got players staying, we've got players committing, uh, basketball, football, and we got some SEC champs. So a lot of news to get to on today's KRC. That's that's uh, what I like to hear. Roush is already tweeting out derby forecasts as well. Oh, God. My man it's, uh, it's, it's, it's such a tease. <laughs> uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about all this stuff. We need to take our first break on your Monday morning edition of Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. We'll be right back. Okay. Oh, Kentucky Roll Call. Come out, Virginia, don't let me wait. You Catholic girls start much too late. All the sooner or later, it comes down to fate. I might as well be the one. Well, they showed you a statue, told you to pray. Welcome back. It's Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM. So I guess Morgan Wallen did perform Saturday in Oxford issue free. And then Sunday was when the second night was when he Mm -hmm. had to to cancel, which I think would almost even make it worse. Because you imagine some of those people are probably like, do we want to do Saturday or do we want to do Sunday? Sunday's a little cheaper. Let's just do Sunday. Mm -hmm. I don't mind. Yeah, I'll take off Monday. And then you get there and you're like, if we had just gone to Saturday, Becky, we would have got to see Morgan Wallen. Ah, I just wow. there's a bunch of fights in the group messages is all I hope for. <laughs> Welcome back. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin mm-hmm. Kalen here on your Monday. Roush, you're right. There is a bunch of sports to talk about. But I'm at first going to talk about Thornton's. The wife and I on the weekend, usually one morning we'll cook. One morning we'll try to get something, pick something up. And where when we picked something up, it was Thornton's, and we were happy that we did. Delicious donuts, ginormous. They had breakfast sandwiches as well, coffee and any drinks you need to get your day started. Thornton's, it's perfect for the work week. Go ahead and pop in today and send a text in to the Thornton's text line. You text it on in, we'll read it on air, 502-414-1450. But there were a lot of other sports happening besides just the Batcats, Roush. Yeah, lots of sports happening. Um it's Friday, felt like the dam broke on a lot of Kentucky basketball uh, staying and going news. Who, um, I'm trying to remember what was first, though. I believe it was C.J. Frederick 
was the first to announce that he's entering the transfer portal. That, that yeah. sounds about right. And then uh, Damian Collins announced shortly thereafter. Uh, two that, uh, at least in Collins's um, case, that kid's just been through a lot while he was away. Um, and John Calipari confirmed that his grandfather also passed away within the last week. So he's just he's just been through the ringer, man. And um, I think it, it's it's nothing is uh, it's it's not an indictment on his time at Kentucky, but he's just like. Uh, too much bad has happened. I need to get closer to home. Uh, so you can't really blame him there. And it, it's it's not the same for C.J. Frederick. But um, I, I was a little surprised in that, you know, he's had an injury-played career. He wants to have a prominent role in his final season, wherever he's playing at, because it, it's been so difficult, and he just doesn't want to grind through on the bench. I, I thought, though, that there might be a case to be made that, like, actually coming off the bench is best for you, CJ, because you're, for lack of a better term, so fragile, you know? So, uh, but he decided, you know, I, I just, I want to actually play somewhere instead of being the third option, you know, uh, the second or third or fourth guard off the bench. I want to go somewhere and play for my final season. So, uh, best of luck to him. It's just a shame we never really got any of the CJ Frederick experience because he was hurt all of the time during his two years at Kentucky. It, it, it does stink. It stinks on multiple fronts here. And the first is just for CJ, obviously. I do think his dream was to play basketball for UK and probably win at the highest level, ideally in his dreams, because that's what dreams are about. And he never got to do that, both from a team standpoint, unfortunately, and certainly an individual helping the team. It didn't really work out in that capacity the way that he thought. Doesn't mean he didn't have his moments. I'll always remember that road game at Tennessee this year. And unfortunately, those moments just are, are somewhat bittersweet. You're happy that they happened for CJ, but it also just reminded you, like, damn, if that dude could have stayed healthy for an extended period of time, maybe you would have gotten more of this. Maybe things could have been a little bit different. So I do hate it just didn't work out the way that he probably wanted I think even in his press release, he said freak injuries. They were. It sounded like freak injuries when you have something so terrible happen just during a layup line. And then another time, right when you are healthy and things are kind of going your way and you're playing solid, never really could get the threes to drop the way he wanted at UK. But he was having a nice little stretch there. And then he falls into a camera and like you know has a terrible break in his ribs where it's tough to breathe for the next several months. Like, that's horrible. That's horrible. Yeah. yeah. So that stinks. I feel for him in those capacities, but not it wouldn't be Kentucky roll call unless we brought it back and made it about ourselves in some capacity. I hate it for us because this was a guy that was above a 45% three-point shooter, which is just like stupid numbers for if you're above like 35%, solid. Hey, we're you can you can really shoot that rock. If you're above 45, you're just a freak. So UK was able to bring in a shooter of that quality that had a solid role on a Big Ten school that was winning at a really high level. It wasn't just like a garbage Big Ten program. So you have somebody that is contributing from outside at a Power 5 school, a competitive Power 5 school, and you could just get them to be like the seventh man, the eighth man for you, in part because of your proximity to home and just his love of UK basketball, it was kind of a gift that fell into your lap. And unfortunately for UK, nothing came from it. We didn't. We were unable to make anything out of it. 
partially shot thirty one percent from yeah. three during his two years at UK. Yeah, I mean, just wild fifty like, percent difference. He he couldn't shoot well at all. He couldn't stay healthy at all. The team didn't have success. So it's not every day that you have a player like this fall into your lap. And again, not like as an all-star type of dude, but I'm, we're talking about you get somebody coming off the bench that can shoot that well. That's a nice luxury piece to have, and UK couldn't do anything with it. So it also kind of stunk for UK, stunk for CJ. Everybody, I think, did their best and gave it their all. And I do think CJ Frederick's a tough son of a gun. I'll be rooting for him wherever he decides to go. But it, there's a texter on the Thornton's text line that says, you know, good luck trying to replace that. I agree. I agree. To, yeah. Like you're not going to be able to get somebody that looks like that coming in. That being said, I do think he can be replaced. And I think when you look at his production on paper, that can definitely be replaced. Right. Right. But right. In terms of that piece, what it was at Iowa, what you thought you were bringing in, that was a nice exactly. setup and, and nothing yeah. really came of it, unfortunately. And partial to CJ, he just, you know, he shot the ball very, very poorly, unfortunately as well. So uh, best of luck to him. The Damian Collins stuff, we were just what we were just counting down the days. We were wondering actually mm-hmm. what was taken so long with that whole scenario. And then Lawson, the whole shuffle of that is the dude has got a ton of potential. And he may just need to go to a place where he's going to be able to play 30 minutes a game, stay on the floor, work through those mistakes, and not have to worry about an All-American coming in and subbing him out or a top-10 draft pick potentially in Bradshaw coming in and subbing him out. He may just need to go to a place where he can play, flourish, be able to stay on the court, and then also just let basketball infest his mind instead of whatever else may be coming out. Because when you're worrying about playing and you're worrying, if I don't play well, I might get pulled, or if I if I make a mistake, I'm probably going to get pulled. And then you do get pulled, and you start thinking about that stuff, and it allows your brain to go to all these different places. If you can just stay on the court and play, I think it'll be really good and beneficial for Damian Collins. So I hope he'll transfer to a place where that's going to be a possibility. And then this will be... I don't really know if there's been too much ill will for any UK basketball players that have transferred out of the program. Maybe DJ Jeffries more than anybody else. And he didn't transfer out of the program. He just decommitted from Kentucky, but kind of whined about it in the process. But I don't think there's any ill will for any UK transfers that leave the program, but there definitely will not be that for Damian Collins. People will just be rooting for him uh, mm-hmm. probably as much as some current Kentucky players. I know I will be. I'll be rooting for him. So I did have a whole – I had one hilarious reply on CJ's, uh, like when I tweeted out the CJ news. It's like, well, now that he's gone, let me just say, you're 24. Go get a job. <laughs> Which is, uh, that, that, that cracked me up. Um, especially when there's guys like Jamarl Baker, who's on his fourth school in seven years. Like how, what, what, I, I don't know how that's working. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right with Collins though. And it's just, it's it sinks because, you had the, the there weren't a whole lot of things from the Bahamas that turned into tangible stuff other than all right we knew Reeves could be a scorer it did take him a little while to to get cooking but he ended up shooting almost forty percent from three this year had the thirty seven point game in Arkansas he had a couple of huge scoring performances that that seed was playing in the Bahamas the other big takeaway that you had was Damian Collins was just a highlight maker right like he was. He had a couple dunks on just like seven dudes, it seemed like. Um, and you thought, wow, this guy could be a lot of fun. He could be the rim protector you need. He could be the lob catcher that you haven't had in a while. And then, you know, two weeks later, his dad passes and it just kind of spirals. You know, you, you never got to see, I guess in, in the case of both of these guys, you never got to see the the what if. There's just a lot of what if for both players where you saw the potential there. 
Um, but life life had different plans for for both of them. And that's sometimes, unfortunately, the way that it goes. Uh, we'll wish them both the best, and we'll see where they where they end up. Uh, I would imagine Damian Collins will be somewhat of a hot commodity, and then I'm I'm really curious to see just the the market for a, a CJ Frederick at the, at this juncture. You would think probably better than than you you would think. You 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 play for Kentucky. Pretty much any program can sell that as bringing in a transfer. Oh, this guy played for Kentucky. No, it didn't go his way, but it was still Kentucky. So uh, I, be- I bet their options are going to maybe be, at least for CJ, maybe a little bit better than, than I think some people are potentially thinking. But, Roush, everybody wants to know what's the latest with Oscar Sheboy and Hunter Dickinson. People are asking me all weekend, and I said, well, you're not going to want to miss Nick Roush's update on Monday morning. I'm not going to say anything. Wow. I'll let Nick Roush do the talking on Monday morning. So your update. Um, it started yesterday, his visit. He's here today still. Um, hopefully Keenan was good, cooperated. I don't, I guess yesterday was pretty nice. Yeah, yesterday was nice weather. Uh, the hill is now open on Sundays, so probably got a little taste of that. Um, and yeah, I, I, I have, that, that's the update. He, he likes Keenan. Uh, not sure if he's had his Jeff Ruby's night or not. Um, uh, I did have a... Uh, a well-placed mole for the Cortland Ford Friday night visit. And uh, that that was – there was never a doubt, uh, but especially after that, it was like, okay, well, he's going to do this. I just thought he might wait till Sunday to announce. Um, so there's your – I told you so. Cortland Ford, going to be a cap. Oh, wow. So you're just going ahead and switching over to the whole whole different sport. Well, you know, that, that was my update. Um I don't have your Hunter Dickinson update. Um, believe it or not, I don't have a podcast with him to get. Uh, maybe next year we'll have a podcast with him to get some updates, but do not have uh, one for this weekend, unfortunately. So the the talk was he was going to get in last night, have dinner with the coaches, and then today was going to be the tour in, checking out, meeting and greeting, and all that sort of stuff. So hopefully he got a good night's sleep and ready to rock and roll. For the visits, I think the only Dickinson, the Hunter Dickinson updates uh, that that I know or can think of um, have nothing really to do with him. Has to do more with Oscar Sheboy. and Oscar was on the road, just kind of I think checking out some high school basketball, AAU basketball, uh, and there was a coach, a, a person named Eric Martin who said on the road recruiting found a player now somebody explained to me how this nil thing works again with a smiley face so he was just being facetious but it was a picture of him and Oscar and Eric Martin the coach of South Carolina State I believe he tweeted out at the end of that tweet good luck in the draft my friend and Oscar retweeted it so more evidence to suggest that and Oscar is wearing a UK shirt and jacket in that picture but more evidence to suggest potentially that Oscar is going to stay in the draft and that there is an opening at the five position for UK potentially. Cause again, Hunter Dickinson said, well, I don't want to ruin Oscar's decision, but for me to be visiting, I think kind of tells you what they think is going to happen in that regard. So I, I don't know. It seems like things may be trending towards Hunter Dickinson being UK's next option. Uh, watch to see how the visit goes today, Roush. Yeah. Big if true is uh, what many people are saying. Um, Oscar might just be done, done, ready to move on. Um, can't say I'd blame him what, one bit. Uh, yeah, I don't think uh, – if, if that's what he wants to do, I, I, I don't blame him either. I just want to know, and I want to know if Kentucky's getting, getting Hunter Dickinson. 
Well, um, it would be nice if all of this happened during this week. Uh, we It did feel like we were in limbo for the longest time, and things are finally starting to provide some clarity. Um, I, I think it's pretty clear, too, that if UK is going to get anybody else from the portal besides you know, a, a five potentially and a Hunter Dickinson, it's a lengthy wing, a three and D type guy. Uh, Kentucky reached out to USC transfer Trey White. I was like, oh, wonder if this guy is like a CJ Frederick type. No, he shot 26% from three, but he's six foot seven, uh, can play defense. Kind of like the guy that I think ended up committing to Kansas. So they're at least kicking the tires on some of those lengthy defenders. Um, but that seems to be it outside of Dickinson as far as bringing new people in. Uh, I'm sure they would would have known about CJ a couple days, you know, Wednesday of last week maybe to start exploring that, but it just might not be good enough to find a, a shooting guard like that. But at least we are at the point, like I said, TJ, where um, it was a little, there was a lot of stuff up in the air and this week we're getting closer and closer um, where we should know by May, like, okay, let's, here's here's kind of what Kentucky's going to be working with next year. Yeah, I don't think we're too terribly far off from having a really, really good idea of what UK's roster looks like, maybe missing a piece, potentially two, but I think it'd probably be closer to one. And I do think Friday was UK's, I think Cal or UK or both, basically, hey, Friday, April 21st, I need you all to let us know what you're doing. I think I've got an idea on everybody. I think I know that you said that you were leaning transfer. You were leaning transfer. If you know what you're going to do, please let us know just so we can put it out there and we can start to get our ducks in a row with some other, with some other things. And I think they probably did that to every player with that has, that was actually considering some options. And I think the only ones who didn't really have to answer UK's call were those truly with NBA draft decisions. Like with you may be staying in the draft, you may not be staying in the draft. But I think things regarding transfers, I think UK said, hey, by Friday, we, we need to know what you're doing. And that's why you had the news dump that you had. That being said, I and I'm not, you have pretty much any insider saying this at this point. And everybody had kind of assumed this anyways, even without the inside backed up. I think Antonio Reeves on Friday told UK, hey, I'm, I'm coming back. I, he did have a quote-unquote draft decision, but I think like Livingston and Oscar were the only two that were able to totally kind of bypass this deadline. And I bet Reeves could have if he really wanted to. But I think Reeves is probably – I think you're going to get an announcement of Reeves coming back maybe as soon as today, but definitely this week. I think you'll get the announcement that he'll be back at UK – for one final season, that's going to be huge news. And then I don't know if, if things go well on the Hunter Dickinson visit. I talked about last week, how when UK targets somebody in the transfer portal that they really want, usually there's not a ton of like, it's either they'll go to UK, they'll go somewhere else, but I, things move relatively quickly after that sort of stuff. And I know Hunter Dickinson does have a visit to Villanova scheduled and planned, but I am curious how how fast things may or may not move with the Hunter Dickinson front there. But I do expect an announcement regarding Reeves this week. And then uh, it was made, it was in message boards and tweeters and all that stuff yesterday. But Robert Dillingham, totally and completely cleared by the NCAA. He's ready to rock and roll and no issues, no concerns there. So I do think we're a little bit closer to knowing what this roster looks like 
still not there just yet, but getting getting ever closer. And it's exciting that we know that Dillingham will be part of the equation because there are some question marks there. I like to think of Robert Dillingham, you know, an OTE corresponding with the NCAA. And then finally, the NCAA, they have just this big stamp um, and they, they print out the papers and then boom, hit cleared, uh, uh, like just filling out the entire paper. Like you're an old school post office and they're sending it back. They get it back in the mail. Like, Ooh, we got the stamp. We're good to go. Yeah. Love it. I love it. And and I do, I do want to, I did do plan on, I want to talk the football news because it, it is a significant addition. I think it's great news for Kentucky football. I just needed to, to wrap up the old hoopy basketball yeah, there yeah. first, but uh, hoopy doopy. And we'll probably get more basketball news today. I, I I can't wait to hear more about the Oscar stuff. In regards to replacing a CJ, I do think Kentucky is probably going to try to bring somebody in, what that player will look like, what the expectations will be for that player. I'd keep them pretty low and maybe just a piece you bring in to say, hey, this year we're all, we're, we're all on the same page that you probably weren't going to have a ginormous year this year, but next year, the year after that. Do you want to get into the nil role? Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they bring in a wing player that has some promise down the road. Again, will it look like a CJ Frederick player? Will it be a shooter? Will it be a defender? Will it be Trey White from USC? Uh, we'll we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. But I do think you'll probably get one more wing forward. I think that would be my guess. Somebody that can maybe guard multiple positions, and then of course it'll be what Hunter does or what Oscar does. And then also let's not forget Kyle Tucker last week said that you gotta you gotta may may reconsider it's not impossible he reconsiders so i guess that's something that we also need to to keep in mind i say we end our one here let's we do it co- we come back with your football stuff because i really want to dive into that uh that that and, and the implications of what that means for uk Ooh, the implication the implication we'll do that we'll also get to the thornton's text line as well and uh, it's going to be a fun hour, too. So don't go anywhere. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Kentucky Roll Call rolls along after this. Just take those old records off the shelf. I said listen to them by myself. Today's music ain't got the same soul. I like that old time of rock and roll. Don't try to take me to a disco. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We go 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. Replay of Kentucky Roll Call at 9 to 11 on the same airwaves you're listening to right now. Or maybe you're listening on podcasts. You can search Kentucky Roll Call, get the podcast pretty much anywhere. Apple, Spotify, iHeart, you name it, Kentucky Roll Call is there and we appreciate you tuned in we appreciate you listening it is nfl draft week which and for me but actually probably a little bit more excited about nfl draft week this week than i than i normally am and always 
really the reason I don't like the NFL draft is just because it gets coverage from the day the NFL season ends to the draft. And then shortly after the draft, they start talking about the following year's draft. And it's just, it, it gets to be too much for me. This year, I'm a little bit extra interested because is Aaron Rodgers going to get traded on draft day or before or after? Does Green Bay get an additional first round pick, which would be cool and make my draft interest even more peaked, if you will. And then you have the whole Will Levis angle. It's not too often that your favorite team potentially has a top five draft pick in the NFL draft. And we'll have to see exactly where Will Levis ends up. His Vegas odds have been fascinating to me. Nick Roush will be in the house when Will Levis is drafted. He'll head out to Kansas City later this week, but it's NFL Draft Week, Roush. It's here, and I'm a little bit more excited than I normally am, so that's that's got to count for something. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, it's easy to get fatigued by the incessant coverage, but um, it's going to be fun because you, you finally get to the point where names are being called. Uh, players are going off the board. Ooh, how could they figure it out there? Uh, the trades, because that that's what a lot of, like, a lot of the prognostications it's difficult to tell because it's just like, well, not all these teams are going to be picking in this order, right? So you're kind of rolling the dice, hoping, trying to figure out when somebody's going to move up or move down. Uh, but I, I'm excited. It's going to be fun to be there. Uh, it, it, I don't want to say it snuck up on me because um, I feel like it's just been an easy content thing for the longest time. And now it's like, oh, okay, well, now we're, we're actually finally here. The event's happening. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited to get there to see um, the enormous sort of setup they have in Kansas City and uh, to see who ultimately goes all in on Will Levis because somebody's going to. Um, it's just a matter of when and where. Do you have a preference? What's everybody's preferences? Scoots, do you, what, do you have a you're not a you're not a UK guy, although you kind of are, kind of aren't. Uh, will they want these sort of situation going on there with Scoots? But even just as a Football fan, where do you think would be a cool spot for Will Levis to end up? What, what say you? Uh, the team that really needs him, and he might as well just stay in the blue and white, give me the Indianapolis Colts. I'd like to see him yeah. there. I'm kind of with you, Scoots. Um, I, I really I don't want the Titans to trade up for him because I just feel like that, that can be a mess there. And especially for a lot of – like I, I know a lot of Titans slash UK fans don't know a lot of uh, Colts ones. And while it would bug them if he made a divisional rival awesome for them, it would be even worse if he just made them stink in Tennessee. And I just don't – I don't feel like it's the best situation there where, yes, it's, they are comparable in that you've got an aging Derrick Henry, aging Jonathan Taylor. But at Tennessee, it just it feels like that window is, is closing so quickly. And if Indy can just get a uh, decent receiver or two in the second round this year, right? Like I, that, that's the one big bugaboo. Uh, but Michael Pittman, Pittman's better than anything Tennessee's working with. So I think I, I'd like to see that. Um, I wouldn't mind, you know, obviously if Carolina shocked us and went first overall with Levis, um, just because uh, they do have a Rams guy that's helping coordinate along with Frank right there. but. Um, yeah, I just – the biggest thing for me, TJ, is I just need him to be better than Anthony Richardson. Can't – would really bug the hell out of me if 
uh, Levis gave us some, you know, Sam Darnold or uh, uh, Zach Wilson vibes. Basically, just if he turned out to be like a Jets quarterback and Anthony Richardson was awesome, wouldn't would not want to see that happen. I guess odds would be that Will Levis is a quarterback in the AFC South next year. Oh, they got to be really good. Because I mean, because aside from Jacksonville, uh, <laughs> any team could could go get him, right? That's really an interesting dynamic, too. Is like when you draft, you are drafting for your franchise, but you're drafting for your franchise based on your division. And these teams, like all these teams, as much as they have themselves scouted out and what they need and what they are looking for, they know exactly what their divisional rivals need, what they're looking for, what they have built, because what they have built is what you are counteracting to. It's all a big game of chess, and you know what you're going up against, how you need to build, or what maybe some of the weaknesses in your division are where you can turn into strength, or where you can kind of say hey that it, it stinks every every defensive line in this division stinks we don't have to we've got a solid enough offensive line we can go draft at another position point being when you're talking about an entire division with one exception talking about a certain quarterback i do wonder one the the psyops that goes into it that's oh, kind of yeah. been my word of the year psyops Ooh. like trying to trick people into thinking maybe you like them more, maybe you like them less, maybe you want them to reach for this player because you're not crazy about them. Maybe you want them to think you don't want them to reach for them, so he falls to you. There's so much that can go into it, and when you get three teams from the save division all wanting or seemingly wanting a quarter, this quarterback, Will Levis, it, it makes for some fascinating drama that I haven't really seen the division angle talked about, Roush, but I also don't keep up with the draft coverage day to day like other folks do that's why um the texans hold so much power right because they're the first up um if they you know they could be a willing trade partner um same thing with the um arizona cardinals there at number three you know if tennessee wants will levis so badly they might trade up to three just to get him for indy uh same reason why indy could just move up one spot right like there's a lot of that 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 could potentially unfold, um, but knowing exactly how it will look, it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating, and and we'll we'll get to kind of experience it as it's happening on Saturday night. the The part that I'm interested in too, TJ, is just how like the experience of being there is much different than the experience of watching at home, where you're hearing. All of what's you know you're you're staying up to date with all the latest trades and the reports from Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport being there and having this news kind of break to the masses all at once will be fascinating because I'm sure that one of the top five picks is going to end up being traded or moved around and everybody's just going to be like oh my gosh while everybody at home already knows what it's going to be for the people on the ground are going to be just kind of waiting on bated breath to see what happens next. Yep. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun draft, and yeah, the UK angle to it makes it even all that more exciting. And then, if you're the Titans and the Texans and Colts don't take Will Levis, I also wonder if there'd be a little like, okay, why why didn't they want him? Like, why didn't they why 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 didn't they want this guy that we're now we're gonna say is gonna be the future of our franchise? There are fascinating angles to all of it. We've got most of the week to talk about it, and we will we'll keep you updated with what we're hearing. Big-time news for UK's football season. Forget about the draft. For this upcoming season, 
with a not a surprise addition. A lot once this name was floated out there, people thought it was likely he was going to end up at UK. But Nick Roush, you are all you were all over this from the get go. The big blue wall, a little bit bigger, a little bit bluer after this week. You know, a little bit wallier. Um, Definitely a little bit wallier. Colin Ford announcing his transfer to Kentucky. Actually, I guess he never announced anything. Um, but it, it came out Saturday night that he has, in fact, pledged his allegiance to the University of Kentucky. And I just appreciate that everything I've heard about this guy, like you you wonder uh, with some of these more highly touted guys, they end up in the portal. You're like, well, is there any sort of red flag here? And no, it hell, he started a good chunk of games before Lincoln Raleigh arrives. He comes in, accepts a bunch of transfers. His job gets more difficult. Started the first game of last season and then had a minor injury, lost his job, kind of got um, Wally Pip there, uh, but ended up playing in the season finale starting at left tackle. Uh, There is a little bit of – what's the word I'm looking for? apprehension right i mean the dude has never played right tackle so he's gonna have to learn that but all in all this guy is an excellent pass protector that's what kentucky needs um he's an, a good athlete so he seems to be an outside zone scheme fit um, he's not just eating up blockers as like it would say in, in the run game but he is uh, an excellent pass protector and that that's what kentucky needs right they needed somebody out there on the edge to provide will levis some or sorry, Will Evans, Devin Weary, some extra protection. Um, and then, you know what, the other part of this too is, as much as you kind of sweated out Jeremy Flax and DeAndre Buford as starting tackles, might not be bad as second tackles. So neither of those guys have entered the portal despite uh, the addition of Corlin Ford. So um, all of a sudden, you, you do feel a lot better about the big blue wall. William Cohen made it a top priority to go get it fixed, and and that's that's they've they've done that. They're doing just that this offseason by adding Cortland Ford. Um, and you know, I, I don't automatically expect him to be a, a guaranteed lock NFL draft pick or anything like that. But he could have an awesome year and be one and done. Right? Um, he has at least two years of eligibility. Um, so, you know, that, that, that could be around. You, you could get him for some more. Uh, one, one other thing I would bring up um, about Ford, you, you do need Flax and Buford to stay around because he has had the injury bug bite quite a bit. I didn't realize this, but John Hale and his story uh, said that he was a four-star prospect in Texas until he went what was described as corrective surgery on one of his legs, which I don't – like, does that mean he's bow-legged? I don't really know. I don't know. But he, he has had some some minor injuries that have kept him out uh, over the years. So th- that that is uh, at least noteworthy. But um, if he's healthy, then there's a lot better chance that Devin Leary is going to stay healthy this year at Kentucky. And that's kind of a key to – or the key, in my opinion, to is this season going to, to be what we want it to be. you got to make sure the quarterback – stays healthy otherwise you don't have a chance and to stay healthier you need a more reliable and consistent offensive line it seems like they're at least putting the pieces together to feel better about that and just the more the more depth the better at that position and let let it all let the chips fall where they may but just get everybody there and figure it out 
people go down, people get injured, people get banged up. It's nice if you feel solid, at least, about what you're throwing in once there is an injury. So whether this ends up being a starter or a depth piece, it, it seems like all around good news for UK football. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely uh, a quality addition. Um, the Really the only guy we've known that they're, I don't want to say going all in, they hosted Durante Davis, the linebacker. But there isn't too many other transfer portal talk targets out there. And there's also been a, a surprising lack of transfer portal deposit, departures. Uh, we knew Vito Tisdale got kicked off the team. He announced he's going to Colorado, which it was very Vito-like because he posted just something from his visits. And it's like, well, is this a commitment? Some people said there was a commitment. And it's like, I don't think this is a commitment. And then like four hours later, he's like, committed. Um, just classic veto. Um, but uh, it, besides him and Andre Stewart, there hasn't really been that many departures. So uh, I think they only have room for one more as of right now. And this this portal window, it closes up pretty quickly. So um, if you're going to there's only one more weekend left to really do the visit. So uh, I, I don't know. Like th- This will be the last few days that we'll even hear if any if any more targets are emerging from the transfer portal. Yeah, Vito goes and joins up with Cavassier Smoke out in Colorado. It's exciting. They sold out their spring game. Yeah, that was a cool video. It reminded me kind of of the Mark Stoops when they panned here was last year's spring game and it's a hundred people. And then here's this year's spring game and it's loaded to the gills. Um, man, that, uh, that Colorado team, I, I'm not sure how that well they're going to handle adversity because they're going to see some, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Head cases. <laughs> A lot of personalities, I think. Yeah, there you go. A lot of personality there. So when they end up struggling, I'm just wondering how uh, how, how how they handle it. <laughs> so they their their best player in their spring game, uh, Montana Lamonius Craig, he entered the transfer portal. Oh, interesting. And um, did you... So this is actually kind of something that I do think is interesting. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it today. But, like, they had a sold-out spring game. He was the best player in that spring game, 154 yards and a touchdown in front of a packed house, and then he just enters the portal. And there's been a few other players that have done something similar at Colorado since the spring game, which it does make you wonder, like, maybe Mark Stoops is onto something with the spring game. Why why in the world would you give your players a platform to show that they're good at football? <laughs> and I'm being somewhat sarcastic, but there is right. actually a little truth to it that, like, yep. gosh, if you got to worry about people transferring left and right, what if you would have somebody just absolutely ball out? Alabama realize they're a position short and say, hey, do you think we could work the funds to get this guy like $1.8 million? You, you have your people reach out to, then it'd be like a no brainer. Even if you wanted to stay at Kentucky or you wanted to stay at Colorado, uh, ew, maybe Stoops is onto something kind of icky, but maybe smart there. Which, speaking of spring games, um, I watched Louisville's Friday. Um, I wasn't watching it like I'm breaking down film or anything, but uh, same. But the you know they they, they kind of struggled initially. Um, the the Tennessee transfer is pretty good. Callaway, Jimmy Kentucky recruited him out of high school. I Jimmy's think he could brother. be a player. Sorry, I said Jimmy's brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they just looked, eh, you know, uh, the weather was awful. 
and so they they not they they were unable to get really a good crowd or anything like that. But uh, did run the fun trick plays right. They had a little bit of fun, did a little bit of scoring. Uh, it was not as disastrous as Matt Rules at Nebraska, which I, I love just the spring game disasters. Florida had one, but I don't think it was as bad as what happened in Lincoln. Here is the the lead in the athletics report from the Nebraska spring game. Nebraska fumbled eight times Saturday and lost six of them through a pair of interceptions. It failed on two fake punts, made two of four field goals, gained 2.7 yards per rushing attempt, and didn't score in the second half. Hell of a way to ring in the Matt yeah, Rule yeah. era. <laughs> That's hilarious. Gosh, they so bad. A little snake bit as a program. And how um, – what's crazy too is – they're, they're the favorite to get Dylan Rayola, who was the number one quarterback in 24, number uh, uh, initial commitment to uh, Ohio State. Now he transferred it out. But uh, we all, oh, that, that does remind me, we did get some significant recruiting news on Friday as well. It was a busy Friday, but um, Kentucky hosted a four-star tight end that uh, attends uh, uh, not Columbus, but Ohio State Pipeline in Ohio. So – that that's one to keep an eye on. They've got plenty of really quality options at tight end. But the biggest news is that Cutter Bowley is going to official visit this summer at UK. Um, he's the only one so far that has that first weekend penciled in. Um, and he's able to do it only because like official visits are reserved for seniors to be right. He's not going to be one, but they said because he's academically eligible, he can take official visits and it just, it just screams to me like, okay, they're going to get him to verbally commit to UK and reclassify at some point between now and then or during the visit. Like it just, all, all signs are kind of pointing in that direction right now. That's great news, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great. news. Good. So yeah. Yeah. Exciting, exciting stuff, exciting stuff. And that, that could be the, you know, you, you always feel like you need to have one or two big pieces uh, announced early, and then the dominoes kind of start falling. That, that's what Cutter Bowley could end up being for Kentucky. We, we didn't uh, always expect, right, especially him being in the 2025 recruiting class, but that could be a significant win to get the ball rolling on a big summer. I, I will look forward to when that happens, and then it's always important to get that position locked up because they can sometimes turn into one of your bigger recruiters too. So. That uh, exactly. they, they, do, they do a lot of public messaging to other recruits, and it means just something a little different when it's going to be the dude who's going to be throwing it to you, so or potentially yeah. throwing it to you or leading you in the huddle. So that's that's exciting stuff to keep an eye on moving forward. Should we head on over to the Thornton Stexlon? Let's do it. 502-414-1450 is the number. There's a Thornton's near you that's amazing, that's awesome. Stop on in today. Get your week started off on the right foot. Um, hmm, let's see here. Where do we start? Where do we start, young TJ? Let's see. Oh, by the way, while we look, this was kind of crazy. So when we've had one of the grandparents watching Lucy, I think this was like two weeks ago, she was like, yeah, Lucy came up to us with a diaper and like let us know that she needed she needed her diaper changed. And we were nice. like, oh, She's like sometimes, you know, like grabbed a diaper, played with diapers, but she's never necessarily been so direct as like, hey, this is what's going on here. I was like, oh, we'll keep an eye on that. And the wife was like, oh, that means we need to buy a little a little potty for her, a little training potty. 
And I was like, all right, well, let's slow down on that. But anyway, she was like, I'm going to get it. Yeah, she's probably not even close to being able to use it. Sure enough, she goes and sits on it and is kind of like pulling at her pants. And we're like, do you need to go potty? And so we get her diaper off. She sits on it. Goes number one. Wow. A day after we get this thing. And like without like any really instruction or direction or anything like that. And then, so like, we're like, that is crazy. I can't believe that just happened. And sure enough, about like two hours later, it's right before nap time and she's sitting on the thing. And I'm like, Hey, let's get her diaper off. She may need to go again. And the wife was like, I think she's just trying to stall for nap time. I don't think she's got to go. I was like, well, she's one for one. We may as well give her the benefit of the doubt and see. So we're like starting to take the diaper out and not to be too crass, but number two is like in the process. Oh, Oh my gosh. What do we do? Like, do you just put like fold the diaper back up? Do you let her like get to the toilet so she can learn like this is what you're supposed to be doing? Uh, In the process, the wife kind of like slips and she drops her kind of on the toilet and there's a little bit of poop that's going some places. Anyways, we get her on the toilet and she goes like just does her business. A nice number two. And then sure enough, later that night, she she kind of tried a number one again on the on the toilet. So I, I don't I don't we definitely don't have a potty train baby, but I think we have a baby in training of potty training. Nice. Without it, us having to really do anything shockingly. Nice. Like, yes, I'm a great parent and should win awards for my parenting as is. That that is everybody would agree with that. Right. But right. this is this is something different, Roush. I'm sure it helps that she goes to school with other kids, so she's at least seen it happen. Because um, that was the, really the biggest thing for us is just getting Duke to watch somebody. Like he, he needed a kind of he needs a competition, right? Well, he's seen so and so do it, so now it's going to be his turn. Um, I will uh, at least don't. I would not put all of your ducks in or your all your eggs in one basket because there could you know it's a it is a process there could be good days and steps two steps forward one step back sort of thing but awesome development awesome development oh yeah i I know i know that like we're we are not even we're not even haven't really even entered the forest yet so we're definitely not in the clear but I, i i there's a little part of me this weekend that just wants to do one of those little diaper free weekends where you just let them run around the house without a diaper. Oh, and if they, the, yeah. if they make a mess, they make a mess. You're playing with fire a little bit, but hopefully they kind of understand that like, oh, when I need to go, I need to get to this little this little toilet potty thing. But it, it was a shocking Sunday in the Walker house just because we were totally not expecting or anticipating those. And then I heard that, that girls are a little easier to train for whatever reason. I've heard that as well. More yeah. naturally to them, uh, probably because they're smarter than boys. But – I I don't know. I don't know. This is my first time doing the parenting thing. Yesterday was a total shocker in that regard. But nice. Uh, uh, also, really gross having to clean those things out because See, we didn't have like a we weren't we didn't think it was going to happen, so we didn't have any sort of bag or anything in there. So that was gross. Um, there's also we use a thing that just you just put it on top of the toilet, so like you don't have to. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a it's just like a smaller seat. So may, maybe that might be something worth considering. Um, okay. Because you don't have to clean it out, except for when they kind of miss. And that's just always fun. But wow, congrats. Good job, Lucy. You're doing great. Yeah, she's the best. 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. Uh, Did we? I did find the spot, and then I just clicked, and it moved away from the spot. 
good luck finding someone who wants to come in, come to come on as our sixth guard. So, like replacing CJ Frederick, I think is what the texture is talking about. It would be hard to be somebody yeah. in that re- in that role, but they'll be able to fill a roster spot. One, assuming Cal wants to, which I would think that he'd want to, and two, I'd hope that he'd want to go find a piece that you feel good about down the road. I think they did that a little bit with the Duke the Arrow. It's too tough to say if that's worked or hasn't worked. There hasn't been enough time passed. I'm really excited about the arrow for this sophomore season and just what he could potentially turn into. Maybe it doesn't amount to anything. Maybe potentially, uh, maybe potentially it will. Go get another piece. Whether you think it's somebody that can specifically help you on the defensive end, I'd be cool with that. Or it's somebody that you know is a really, really good shooter. Maybe just the other parts of their game aren't far enough along and you build a little bit of depth around those people as well. So I would hope they'd get somebody. And Texter, it may be tough to be like, hey, come join this roster where you're probably not going to play a lot. I get that, but they're going to look at, one, you've got three or four years of eligibility. Keep that in mind. And two, oh, even our bench players, here's what their nil numbers look like. And you're going to get that person say, oh, okay, I can sit the bench for a season. Fine by me. And you'll, you'll, they'll get somebody if they want somebody. And I imagine they probably will. The one thing that is uh... – that I just kind of forget about in this equation is Reeves. He doesn't necessarily fill like that. It's, it's a little bit different of a role, but like, that's kind of what you want, right? Is a guy like Reeves. And then the Thierro, a guy who I definitely always forget about, if he develops defensively and with his ball handling, like that's, that's what you want, right? And maybe it is some guy like Thierro where that, I mean, hell, they didn't even start recruiting until what felt like May of last year. Maybe there's some guy like that that's out there. Um, I would imagine that there probably is, and if you maybe it, maybe it's not somebody that has four years of eligibility left. Maybe it's just somebody that has two, but they're a good veteran defender, and they've been good in locker rooms, and they're just looking for a bigger stage, even if it means a, a more limited role. It's not impossible. There, there's a you got to think about how many college basketball players there are. You can find one that's going to want to that's going to be okay with a more limited role. And then secondly, if you're a dude, the arrow, or you're Reed Shepard, you're probably saying like, "Hey, me, I, I, I'm ready to step up. You don't need any more people. I, like, I'm, I'm going to be ready for that that spot that you're talking about." And maybe that is the case. I do think if you don't get Hunter or Oscar, which is a possibility, although I don't think that will be the case, but it is a possibility. If you don't get Hunter or Oscar, though, I do think you need to get a four. I think you need to get a four, and you need to get maybe another swing guard. But you definitely would need one more big. If you don't get Hunter or Oscar, I do think they will have one of those players, though. Which one? We'll have to find out. Well, Kyle, think he's great to have on the beat, says one texture. But saying we're not a top 25 team is insane. Agree they have to prove it, but come on. Yeah, I, uh, mostly, I mostly agree with you, Texter. Like, I, I would think that regardless it should be a top 25 team but he is but he is right and you're right texture that uk will just need to prove it they probably aren't going to get any benefit of the talent doubt anymore right 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 but um but you know what if they're not in preseason top 25s fine by me Uh, i agree with that wholeheartedly i just don't even care like i I will want them to be at one point in the season like 17 and one and the number one team in the country that'd be sweet i'd love it but I, it's come on. We all know it's all it's all about March. I want a really fun regular season. This seems like a group that could potentially be able to provide that, depending on how it's all rounded out. They're going to be exciting to watch, if nothing else. Just having Dillingham on your roster will be able to do that. Then you mix in Reeves, who's capable to go off for twenty five any given night, or maybe go two of nineteen. 
Wagner has a great attitude about him, plays with a lot of personality. People like to see that. It, it should be a fun group, but it all comes down to what you're going to do in March, and that may be good news for these freshmen as they will take as they will need time to grow and develop and get better. But that's what it, that's what it all boils down to, anyways. Not so much about the rankings in November and December. Correct, correct. Um, you know what is does matter in November and December, and also in April, May, June, and July. Making sure your hunger is satisfied with salsaritas. It's simply the best. Wildly addictive chips, amazing salsas. Uh, gosh, the chips are just so. I made uh, I made some buffalo chicken dip this weekend, and really the only thing that was missing was some seasoning salt from Salsaritas, that stuff they put on their chips. It's so great. It's so good. Not only do they have the best chips, but they've got well-marinated meats, uh, just seasoned to perfection. They got it all. Salsaritas, if you haven't checked it out, do so today. They can cater whatever your needs are. Uh, They're in Middletown on Shelbyville Road, where there's a convenient drive-through location. Also in St. Matthews on Hubbard's Lane. Salsaritas, it's delicious. It's fresh. Fast and fantastic. Try them out today. Let's take our last break. We'll come back. We'll do nothing but Thornton's text when we return for one final segment of Kentucky Roll Call on your Monday morning. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin. Well, you don't know what we can find. Why don't you come with me, little girl, on a magic carpet ride? Well, you don't know what we can see. Why don't you tell your dreams to me? Fantasy. No, sir, man. I don't like that crap. I'm a rocker, dude, through and through. Here's my favorite bands. ACDC, Van Halen, not Van Hagar, Skinner, Def Lab. All right. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. I want you to settle down. Don't make me call your probie officer here. Welcome back. One final segment of Kentucky Roll Call here on Monday, sunny outside. You're going to need your Shady Rays today. Go to ShadyRays.com for the best selection. If your sunglasses get lost, broken, stolen, or you want a replacement pair, they are the company for you. Small processing fee. You get your order sent right back to you, and you save even more money when you use promo code BIGX at checkout at ShadyRays.com. Do not forget BIGX at checkout. Uh, helps out Shady Rays, helps out us, helps out yourself because you save some money. It's good for everybody involved, and you're going to get some great, my favorite sunglasses, wear them on my face every single day, ShadyRays.com. We got more text to get to. Any quick hitters that we maybe have neglected or forgotten about? The NBA playoffs have been cool if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, the LeBron stopper just, uh, he didn't stop LeBron. He just punched him in the groin. Gosh, I hate that I actually agreed with Doug Gottlieb. Doug Gottlieb, of course, was having to do like the t- the most extreme takes where you, that's that's the biz. You got to be you got to be really polarizing. But I don't think he deserved to get kicked out for that. I think that you, that was there was enough there to clearly show a basketball play. Yeah, it's just kind of the the new theme is like punches to the groin. So I think they're trying to go a little bit over the top to snuff it out. Um, yeah, it's just like he was going to poke the ball away. Lebr- LeBron brought the ball behind his back. And in that moment, like when you're trying to poke the ball away, follow the ball, follow the ball, hit the ball. Was very disappointed, though. LeBron, yeah, he talked trash to you, bud, and you you couldn't score 30 points? Come on. 
he I I, I may have taken his over uh, twenty eight and a half, and he scored twenty five points. It's like, ah, come on, take a few more few more buckets. I didn't watch a great deal of that game, but I did watch the beginning and just I mean from the first three minutes, really from the opening tip, it was like okay, yeah. the Lakers are playing bully ball, and the Grizzly want nothing nothing to do with it, just yeah. no interest at all, and in kind of punching back at least on that day, but. We'll see. It's been a fun. It's been fun. I, I really, Darren Fox played that last possession wrong yesterday, but that's pretty much the only thing he did wrong. Jeez, I really you want, wish the Kings would have gone up three three one there, but it's two two instead. You want anybody shooting that ball other than Harrison Barnes, right? Good grief! And he had Monk, he had Monk on the other side of him too, which I didn't yeah. understand. The whole play there was Fox just wanted to get downhill. He wanted to get in the lane, and then at that point, I think he thought I can shoot and score a floater. I may be able to do an alley oop or pass it to somebody also in the paint for an easy layup or a dunk. And at worst, I'll be able to throw it out to a shooter for a three. That was his like safety valve. He just could not get around Curry. They were. They were denying he could not get around him, which I think shocked him, shocked me. And then so he kind of panicked a little bit and still was a solid look and still almost did go in. But, yeah, it wasn't wasn't what he was looking to do there on Fox. But he was so good in the rest of that game. I really wish they would have won. It's been a fun playoff. Yep. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. 414-1450. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, Jerry Stackhouse mentioned by Shams as a possible candidate for the Raptors opening. Him Ooh. and uh, who was that guy that used to do radio in town and now he's in Nashville? Jared? Jared Stillman. Yeah. J-Bone. They, they got a back and forth going. Yeah, they, they were. And it was not a good look for J-Bone. I mean, he uh, he gets into a veiny coaches quite a bit. It amuses me. Yeah, it was they. He, I guess, Stackhouse won some award, and J Bone was, was well, like, "What? How did how did these football coaches not win?" And they were like, "Because it's for men's college basketball," and so that's how it all started. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a like he, he won the Tennessee and voted him men's college basketball coach of the year. It's like, how many do they have to choose from? <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, and Stackhouse, I I don't know how I feel about him. I actually think he's a solid X and O coach, but I do think right. he's a little bit of a, a goober. But, yeah, and he he struggles with talent acquisition as well, like and in talent retainment. So he's been able to get I if he would, players. Just I wonder yeah. if it would be better if he did have that sort of. If, if it was easy, would it be easier for him in the NBA where he's kind of gifted who he got and then he can just run stuff for him? I, by the way, Cincinnati may be the front runner for CJ Frederick. Oh, interesting. Get really back close to home. Get home. Be home. Home. But I, I th- like, if I, I think some people thought it was going to be like a coastal Carolina or like a level of school like that. I think you're going to, Cincinnati, they've got some big time. Big time basketball. Man, that, that program is some weird is in a weird spot right now. It is. Though. That's true. Though. They're going to go to the Big Twelve. Know. They could get their teeth kicked in next year. Oh yeah, people forget about that. Yeah, me, uh, me. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, Texter says, not sure why there's so much concern about Dillingham's style meshing with Cal. He's shown that he'll let elite scoring guards do their thing from day one. I agree. The Texter just to play devil's. I agree with your tax wholeheartedly. Just to play devil's advocate. Dillingham is probably the closest thing to like a Trey Young type of player 
and Cal you hasn't really had that type of dude. Monk was similar to it, but just like Dillingham, there may be times where 26 feet, 25 feet, that looks good enough for him. Let it rip. Man, maybe extreme. He, he's he's not. He's really not like the most. It's just he's really fun to watch and how he goes about it. But he, he's not a terrible. He doesn't take terrible shots. He does need to shoot to get going. So you, he will miss plenty. But it's not like you're just kind of wait. What were you thinking there? Like you're fading out of bounds from 24 feet. Why would you throw up that shot? He won't do a lot of that. But he will need to shoot a lot to get going. And Cal has had players like that. He's had plenty of players like that. Just Dillingham had a little bit flashier than some of the others. So that's why I think people get all confused about it, Texer. I, I thought it was less about his style meshing and just whether he's able to – I just thought there was concerns about maybe his personality and how it works within the team whenever he's is such a primary scoring first sort of guy. Um, yeah. That's a fair. That's a fair concern as well. I think that exists also, uh, but there have been. You know, you see his mixtapes, and people are like, "Is Cal going to be okay with that?" Which is, the texture's right. He's if you're a good guard mm-hmm. and you can score, Cal is totally fine with you just having the ultimate green light. You just you got to kind of earn his trust first, though. It's true. That's true. Um, another texture says Roush's obsession with thunder is a little cringe. Are we nineteen? Not a hate text. Just take a breather about the fireworks, buddy. Dude, I'm like the most over-the-top derby person ever. Did you really expect me to not tweet five times Saturday? Like, come on. And it's the start of Derby Festival. Yeah. The city of Louisville doesn't have a great deal going for it, folks. But exactly. Derby Week is pretty cool to be in and around the city. There is a little bit of a buzz. And when I say Derby Week, Derby Festival is two weeks before Derby Week. But especially Derby Week, for what it's mm-hmm. worth. But you start to kind of feel it this this week, and then obviously spring flexes its muscles for the most part, and there is a, a little different sense and attitude around these parts, and that is fun. If Rash wants to get all worked up and excited about fireworks, you let him do it, Texter. Okay, let him have his let him have his day. Just wait until he gets really drunk watching runners run by. Uh, yeah, which the, that might be interfered with by the draft, but we'll see. Oh, we'll you see. got drafted? <laughs> well, I'm getting back Friday night. It might be an early morning to drive on over there. But, well, you know, if the weather's nice. It so will wait, be so game just, time decision. You're only going to Thursday's draft. That's it? Correct. We're driving up Wednesday, coming back Friday. Gotcha. Okay. Because I don't anticipate any Kentucky players being selected on Friday. So then it just becomes kind of a marathon on Saturday. So Yeah. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. And you'll be there for the important Levis stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's where all the, the real action is, uh, which fascinating stuff. Todd McShay sharing that the Texans might not take a quarterback at all and they could just trade down, <laughs> Oh, which would be which would be nuts. Um, so, yeah, pretty, pretty wide open there. Pretty wide open. Exciting drama. Kirby says, catching up on the podcast, did someone make a fart noise when mentioning Lance Ware? If so, you're my spirit animal because that is the definition of Lance. Guy is fine, seems like a good teammate, but he's on the Sheree Thomas or Mark Curry level of I'd be fine if we never saw him on the court again. Kirby coming out with the fire take. I'd say Lance Ware is better than both those guys. That being said, yes, he is not somebody that you want to rely on in – 
with, for, for multiple minutes. Now he can go out and foul. He can go out and play hard. He can go rebound. I think he's a decent defender. I just am shocked by the lack of development in his offensive game. And I do – he does seem like a good teammate, does seem like a good guy, all things considered. I'm just shocked how little along he is offensively. And that's not like to knock the coaching staff for lack of development. That's not to knock him. Some people just don't have parts of their game that they can ever really figure out. But if he can hit free throws, even just minimum, just hit free yeah. throws. Free throws and layups. Catch the ball. Don't turn it over. Like you, you aren't asking a whole lot from Lance. Exactly. And I, I, I like the – Hustle aspect of Lance, I love that he comes in and is just a fouling machine, like smoke Talks him if you trash, got him. Not going to get pushed around. I like that too. Yeah, but it, it is just like, what was the game where he got the rebound and made a great play and then immediately turned it over? And you're like, Lance, just just get the ball to your own people. <laughs> like, uh, for what uh, that's the part that's frustrating with him. For what it's worth, Kirby, I was the one that made the fart noise. So if you... Want to have me as your spirit animal? That's on you, pal, but I wouldn't make that choice. Wow, Scoots, don't don't look down on yourself so much. I'm just saying there's better spirit animals to have. Jeez, Scoots. Gosh. <laughs> I know this. Oh, by the way, the, the waitress we had on Friday, Scoots was in love. Oh. Not necessarily. Was there, he was there a connection? Love. No. I think he even called her honey. Or sweetie or something. Don't, don't know that that's true. I th- you said something. You said or uh, did I really? Yeah, you said something like when she brought you the the two beers. Huh? You were like, ah, that's right, sweetie, or something like. That. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't say a whole lot of those words, but I I have in the past, so I could I could imagine. No, you said true. my girl. You said my girl. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I did. My girl. And she didn't. She wasn't. She didn't have it. <laughs> yeah, not like my boy or anything like that. Just, just no, no acknowledgement whatsoever. But yeah, Scooch was in paradise. Uh, it was a great time, Roush. Thanks for standing us up. I mean, you gave me all you said was come to Hooters, and I had okay, just well, gotten the baby. The we weren't going to say the name of the place. So, well, sorry, but you just said come here, and I just put the baby down for a nap. Uh, no, if I'd gotten go. any more of a heads up than that, maybe go. I could have finagled getting them in the car they'd sleep on the way there but perfect time to go baby's asleep you go out you come back probably about time baby's waking up oh they would have hated it roush the planes were freaking loud they were loud duke Duke does like the planes a lot though he's whenever they would shoot their flares he'd be like oh they got the bad guys oh yeah he was a big fan flare city usa they would be upside down and shoot their flares i mean even i mean we're near standard field right like the airport's right next door Got a yesterday. I was taking a little cat nap and had a departing one of those just shake the whole house and wake me up. It's like, ah, can't get too, get too mad though because those planes are pretty cool. What time was that, Roush? I don't know, noon. Oh, okay, because I uh, I was doing a shuttle run yesterday at work. So as I was driving by the airport, there were two jets taking off, one right behind each other from the from the airport and it was it was really cool because they were they were so loud i saw them take off and i literally looked in my rearview mirror and they were gone i've never seen anything like it so fast it's crazy it's crazy they look like they're moving in slow motion too when they're yeah. doing the air show stuff mm-hmm. uh, man a lot of fun a lot of fun uh okay. let's get back actually yeah. i wanted to mention before we got back to the thorns text on shout out to uk men's tennis sec champs baby Woo-hoo! we're number one we're number one. These are your defending national runner-ups last season. 
And mm-hmm. they've had a good season. I think they've been ranked top 10 or top 15 for most of the year. But Georgia, it was a bit of an upset that UK was able to win the SEC championship, tournament championship yesterday. So congrats to them. It seems like they're hitting their stride going into the tournament. That's exciting. Win a national championship, Cats. Yeah, let's bring it home. Uh, But yeah, they had a nice little comeback to beat uh, Georgia. Suck it, Georgia. The Cats are number one. Um, Another texter on the Thorns text line says, I know this is looking ahead, but at what point do we worry Ian Jackson isn't reclassifying. Said when he committed that it's a pretty bad miss if he stays in 2024. I I think he'll ultimately end up reclassifying. I don't know if it's a guarantee. You got to remember, it could be August, Texter, before yeah. that, that potential. He'll probably play the whole EYBL and then do it, which, by the way, that happened over the weekend. Um, and Kentucky offered one of Bradshaw's teammates, uh, point guard Noel. So they're yeah. at least. Uh, at least not just putting all their ducks in the one basket with the uh, New York City kid. Uh, was it Flan. Boogie Flan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems like they've got plenty of options in 2024. And Texer, also, maybe it will end up being a bad miss, but I think you still need to wait to see who they get before you can kind of evaluate it in that regard. But I still think he'll Jackson will play on UNC this upcoming year. Nick Mingione, I will see you in hell. Not his best coaching weekend. <laughs> So are the Batcats not up to par anymore? Well, pars are hit on the golf course, so wrong sport, Texter. They needed this series this past weekend. They just came, came up. They had it. They would have had it. They had it in the second in game two on Saturday, winning in the ninth, and then also had a chance to add more insurance runs in the eighth, and they didn't do it. And just uh, woulda, coulda, shoulda. They walked away too many guys. Sloppy weekend. They need to – that's where it starts. Just start throwing more strikes. Stop making it tough on yourself, loading up the bases. They were also lead-off lead off walk, lead-off walk, lead-off walk. A&M always started innings having a guy on base, and that just makes it tougher. And they still did all right. They just got to clean up a few things. John here, good morning to all. I am up late or early, depending on who you ask, but it's Monday around midnight, and I'm still up packing for a business, a possible business trip to Atlanta, Georgia. You're packing for a possible business trip? I say possible because there's a mess up for my company with the reservation, so I may or may not have a room. But either way, I keep packing, waiting to see where everything ends up. Kind of like the Warriors almost did not punch their ticket to a victory in Game 4 against the Kings, but they kept fighting and got the job done. What a game by both teams. I feel like the victory has now put some momentum in the Warriors' favors. Do you all agree? Well, wish me luck in my travels or not travels. I will let you all know on Tuesday. Have a great day, everyone. You all are the best. Well, got to go talk to you later. Yeah, John, I do think the Warriors winning a playoff game is better for their chances. I, yes. Good luck with your travel. That sounds. Hopefully, it all works out. I, wouldn't Atlanta potentially have more than just the one hotel, though? Well, maybe it's like a convention thing, and you need to be at the the main spot. And if you're not there, it's not worth it. Could be. But yeah, be. I, I do. I kind of pick up what he's putting down. That would be frustrating. TJ, who do you want the Packers to draft, and is there a chance Rodgers stays? If I would love just to have Rodgers and then not – like if you don't get what you want from the Jets, then just keep them on the bench and don't get anything. I think that would be funny. I would be okay with that. Rodgers would probably just end up retiring if that were the case. But get what you need from the Jets. Don't, don't settle. Some would be like, something's better than nothing. You're not going to get anything out of them just sitting on the bench. Fine. Well, then so be it. Let's see how badly the Jets really want them. So it is all over, though. I've come to peace with it. 
I did want one more season after the season ended just because I didn't want Aaron Rodgers to go out with a home loss to the Lions to keep them out of the playoffs because that's embarrassing. But I've come to peace with it. It's all over. It's the Jordan Love era. And I'm just hoping that Love is going to be good. I think he can be. There's a reason why the Packers loved him. And my entire life, Green Bay's only had good quarterbacks. So don't blow it, Jordan. No pressure. Just don't blow it. But I've come to peace with it. And then I want Green Bay. I really want Green Bay to – I've got somebody in mind for who I want in the draft. And I don't – but I think it's a little bit early probably uh, to go ahead and take the, May, the Meyer guy from Notre Dame. Michael Mayer? Mayer, Michael Michael. Michael yeah. Uh, what, what, Michael what, what pick is uh, – 15. Is Green, 15? Probably a little early. Well, I guess one of the Bengals to get him because um, he, yeah, he, he's just a stud. Um, one one other player that I'm, I'm intrigued by where he's going to go because it's not a very, you know, it's not a 1999, so they don't put as much of an emphasis on this position. But Jack Campbell, the linebacker from Iowa, is a freaking stud. I mean, he, he's going to end up going in the back half of the first round, and I just think he's going to be a tackling machine wherever he ends up. So that that's that's one guy that I'm pretty pretty confident is going to be a quality pro. His uh his RAS numbers were off the charts. I I'm I'm also is Green Bay going to get potentially the Jets draft pick? If so, that's number 13. That'd be cool. Roush, what's an RAS number? Relative athletic score. So it combines all of their testing numbers and measurables and comes out with a scale of one to 10. Here's where they stack up against the rest of the people at their position. Um, it's at math bomb on Twitter. So you like the, the one thing that stinks is Levis. He just didn't do any of the testing stuff. So he didn't have enough numbers to come up with one of those scores, but you find out like, all right, where does this person, cause it's one those numbers on the, how fast did he run? It only matters. Like, it's hard to know if that's good or bad. You know what I mean? RAS adds a little bit more context compared to the rest of their position. People that play their position, I should say. Got it. A texture says, TJ, girls aren't a little easier to potty train. They're a lot easier. Girls tend to sit still a lot more often. Oh, well, great. Fine by me. Man, that's good exciting, year. though. Man, shout out to you, too. You're a big dance freeze guy. That's a, that's a big popular song at our house. And we... Uh, Pull up the, the old freeze, dance freeze. The, the freeze dance. Yeah, let's freeze. Oh, it's yeah, it's a big it's a big hit. A big oh hit yeah, at the, the cousin dance parties for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, good. <laughs> well, thanks, Texter, for letting me know. I'll take it. I'm happy about it. Hope everybody has a great Monday. No, no backcats today, but we'll get back to that tomorrow. And I guess just NBA playoffs tonight. Scoots, any locks that the listeners can take to the bank? Uh, I have not looked yet, so I don't want to give out any false information. Oh. Well, that's a lot of fun, buddy. Hey, happy derby, everybody. It's a wonderful two weeks here in the bluegrass. Let's enjoy the hell out of it. Since Scoots lets you down, go ahead and take the heat tonight. And go ahead and take the Lakers as well. So. Take the home teams. Take it to the bank. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Ward. Roll 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 Roll